Welcome to the Winner's Guide to Losing Football Bets. I am your host, Paul. This episode, I will unveil my draft slot predictions, along with playoff seating, playoff results, Super Bowl champions, award winners, and five hot takes. Yes, come for the analysis, stay for those juicy hot takes, you slutty catfish, as this is the only time I'll drop any clickbait. Let's start with who is going to be picking number one overall in the 2024 draft. A lot of speculation, a lot of hope from desperate fan bases who want to see Caleb Williams roam their sidelines for the next 10 plus years. Then there are fan bases in Houston, Indianapolis, and Carolina who feel they have their franchise quarterbacks and would love to fall into the number one seed and let the draft picks roll in. You thought three number one picks was high for Trey Lance? Caleb Williams will command twice that. To keep this fun and you pissed off with anticipation, I'm going from pick five to pick number one. At pick five, the Los Angeles Rams. With a tough schedule and lack of cohesion, it will be a long season for the Rams. Pick number four, Houston Texans. The defense keeps this team in games as the offense struggles to put up points. Pick number three, Indianapolis Colts. A team needing time to gel as Anthony Richardson is raw and Jonathan Taylor is getting a raw deal. Pick number two, the Arizona Cardinals. The problem with tanking with a new head coach is establish a culture and an expectation. Gannon is the right man for the job who will motivate his players just enough to miss out on the number one pick. But Drake May is a nice consolation prize. And pick number one, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know who the coach will be that will make this selection, but it won't be Bowles. Perhaps either Ben Johnson from Detroit or Brian Johnson in Philly, if he can maintain Jalen Hurts' trajectory, will be tasked with being handcuffed to Caleb Williams. And now that we've passed the drama of the first pick, let's blow through the rest of the non-playoff teams in ascending order. Pick 6. The Carolina Panthers. A ho-hum year for a ho-hum coach and staff. Pick 7. The New England Patriots. Ending Belichick's reign of terror. Pick 8. The New Orleans Saints. This team feels prime for a long-term rebuild. See you in 2030. Pick 9. The Chicago Bears. Fields plays well enough to invest more time and a defensive game-changer at this spot. Pick 10. The Las Vegas Raiders. Trade up, trade down, stand pat. How will they fuck this up? Pick 11. Minnesota Vikings. If the Vikings don't trade up for Michael Penix Jr. or Bo Nix, someone should be prosecuted. Pick 12. The Cleveland Browns. Pick 13. Denver Broncos. Can you draft head coaches? Pick 14. San Diego Chargers. I hate drafting running backs in the first round, but they might need to get someone here after Eckler leaves. Pick 15. Seattle Seahawks. They'll trade back and accumulate more talent and depth. Pick 16. The Green Bay Packers draft another position other than receiver. Pick 17. Tennessee Titans, and they officially give up on Traylon Burks and DeAndre Hopkins and draft a wide receiver again. Finally, pick 18, Pittsburgh Steelers, as Mike Tomlin continues to win 
in unimpressive fashion. On to the playoff seeding. AFC division winners, Kansas City Chiefs, will have the number one seed and another path to the Super Bowl at home. Cincinnati will be the two seed, Miami will be the three seed, and Jacksonville will be the fourth seed. Your AFC wildcard teams will be Baltimore at five, Jets at six, and the Bills at seven. In the NFC, San Francisco will be the one seed with a needed bye week as they will likely need to rest injured players. The two seed will be Dallas, then the Detroit Lions, and Atlanta will win the South. Followed by Philadelphia at five, the Washington Commanders at six, and the New York Giants at seven, a clean sweep for the NFC East. So how does this all play out? Starting in the AFC in the wildcard round, number two Cincinnati loses to the Buffalo Bills as the Bills redeem themselves for losing at home to the Bengals last year. Miami and Jalen Ramsey pick off Aaron Rodgers three times as the Dolphins move on. And finally, Jacksonville beats the Ravens in a shootout. The divisional matchups, Buffalo goes to Miami and steamrolls as Patrick Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence duel to the final seconds with Harrison Bucker kicking another game-winning kick. In the championship game, the Bills put all of their past woes aside and handle Kansas City in Arrowhead Stadium, 31-21. For the NFC wildcard round, Dallas beats the Giants for the third time this season. Washington can't keep up with the Lions' surging offense, and Philadelphia makes quick work of Atlanta. In the divisional round, Dallas wins a low-scoring game against Detroit. San Francisco beats Philly in San Francisco, but that's okay because San Francisco beat Philly in Philly earlier in the year. In the NFC Championship game, we revisit a great 90s rivalry that felt whoever won this game was going to win the Super Bowl. The league is now stacked towards the AFC, but there's plenty of intrigue as the Cowboys travel to San Francisco to lose again as San Francisco sets an NFL record by beating six teams twice in one season. It's kind of an unofficial stat. I didn't look it up, but it feels like it should be a record. Super Bowl champions. We have a matchup of four-time Super Bowl loser Bills versus lead-losing Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers. One side will exercise a generation of pain, and the other will bathe in their own tears. The key for San Francisco is to not establish a double-digit lead to blow again. The key for Buffalo is for Josh Allen to keep all of his playmakers engaged and not turn the ball over in pivotal moments. In the end, a missed Jake Moody field goal late in the fourth quarter doesn't hurt as San Francisco holds on to win 28-24. On to the award winners. Comeback Player of the Year. It will be DeMar Hamlin. But let's imagine who could have won just based on on-field productivity. Odell Beckham is a hot choice, and if the Rams make the playoffs, Matt Stafford could be the winner. But I don't see the Rams making the playoffs. How much time does a player need to miss to qualify? Would Toa missing four games be enough, or Lamar missing five? Would a major injury but no missed games apply to, like, Brock Purdy? I'm going with none of the above but giving a big middle finger to the NFL and their idiotic gambling policy and selecting Calvin Ridley, who helps Jacksonville become one of the top offenses in the NFL. 
Offensive Rookie of the Year. I have spoken of my love for Quentin Johnston, but a team that misses the playoffs is hard to reward a player over a deserving player who makes the playoffs. Bijan Robinson will help Atlanta make it to the playoffs and steal the Offensive Rookie of the Year from Johnston. Defensive Rookie of the Year. Up until 2015, this award was typically given to a front seven player. But more recently, cornerbacks have found immediate success in the NFL. And so, in a league that loves to throw the football, Devon Witherspoon from Seattle will back up what Sauce Gardner did from last year with one of his own in a Pete Carroll system designed to maximize cornerback play. Offensive Player of the Year Now, typically, this goes to the best non-quarterback player. But I'm throwing a wrench and giving this award to Lamar Jackson, whose dynamics will be showcased even if he does run less. This is a boomer bust receiver room, so I'm gambling on enough productivity from Beckham and rookie Zay Flowers to help Lamar take home the award. Defensive Player of the Year Can this award go to two people? No? Okay. I imagine it's hard to go to an incumbent unless they just clearly are the best player. Head and shoulders above everyone else. I think Nick Bosa will be in the top three and could even have a better year than last. But as Micah Parsons moves fully to an edge rusher role, his speed, tenacity, and football IQ will give him the edge for people who don't like to vote the same individual in back-to-back years. Coach of the Year This is the biggest joke award in football. This is never awarded to the best coach, but the coach who had the best results despite their perceived limitations. The last five years of winners are Brian Dayball, Mike Vrabel, Kevin Stefanski, John Harbaugh, and Matt Nagy. Never mind that during that time, Andy Reid went to three Super Bowls. Never mind that Kyle Shanahan went to three NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl with last year doing it with three fucking quarterbacks. Ultimately, what wins you this award is not sustained success and dominance, but just being a new face in the NFL. So Shanahan won't win, Andy Reid won't win, because they are expected to win. Which kind of means they're really good at coaching. But, you know, not better than Brian Dayball. It's a joke. So from these ridiculous standards voters have established, who based on my projections, should win the award. These awards are voted on before the postseason, so let's go down the list. I have Sean McDermott and the Bills going to the Super Bowl, but as I have them as a seventh seed, that's not good enough for an established team. Nick Sirianni is out as they won't win the division, and if Zach Taylor couldn't win it two years ago when no one thought the Bengals would place better than fourth in their division, then he isn't getting it this year. Mike McDaniel could be intriguing, as well as Robert Sala. Ron Rivera feels like a heartwarming story, and Dan Campbell will draw consideration despite the team being picked to make the playoffs. But if the Dallas Cowboys get the number two seed, Mike McCarthy, who has taken over play-calling duties, will win the award. It's so goddamn silly. The dude should be fired, but here we are. NFL MVP. All offseason... We have been fed, for good reason, the devalue of the running back position. And because the writers of America love a good lead, electing a running back as the NFL MVP will help spin the position on the owner's heads. Christian McCaffrey is that guy. 
Finally, with an offensive play caller who can game plan and scheme, McCaffrey will have his best season in his career and will account for more than 25 touchdowns. Super Bowl MVP. It will be a team effort, as this is how the 49ers are built. And it's hard to see Brock Purdy being the guy who is viewed as the reason the 49ers win. But if there is a guy, if there is a player who should have won a back-to-back award, it's Nick Bosa. And while he may not win Defensive Player of the Year, he will make up for it in the Super Bowl. Five hot takes. Take number one. The first coach to be fired will be Todd Bowles, who will not win a game before he is let go after Week 8 at Buffalo. Take number two. The Cleveland Browns have not won their division since 1989, 33 years ago. I will date someone who has never been alive for a Cleveland division winner. Five date minimum. Take number three. San Francisco will have four players who all have 70 receptions or more on the season as the team boasts the number one offense and defense in the league. Yes, this is a two-parter, which I need both to be correct. Take number four. Justin Fields will score the most points at the quarterback position in PPR fantasy leagues, as he uses his legs to open up the field for DJ Moore and Cole Komet while accounting for 35 touchdowns and a second 1,000-yard rushing season. And my final hot take. I will have one correct prediction this season. This one so as not to contradict myself for all you literal pricks. My hot take is I have no idea what I'm talking about, and I'm looking forward to the final episode this season to prove this. So this is the final off-season episode before we have an actual NFL game. I've enjoyed this time with you all, and at the end of the year, post-Super Bowl, I will have an episode dedicated to what I got right and what I got wrong. Next episode, we will be breaking down week one of the NFL and making our game picks with the spread. Until then, this is Paul for the Winner's Guide to Losing Football Bets. Be safe.